What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 141. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am a certified Santa and a bona fide elf and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and he's taller than the largest Christmas tree in the world. Frank, how you doing? That'd be nice. Actually, it probably wouldn't be. Yeah, I was going to say, what? But uh, what's up, Skokes? What's up, Tom? Skokes? Tom! Jay Grizz, if you're still here. Jay Grizz. Here early, but, uh, I mean, first off, for anybody who lasted the entire show, they know I went through some technology issues again. So funny last week. Last week was probably one of the craziest endings we've ever had to the show and potentially ever will have to the show. Yeah. But a, but a little update. Frank 2, Technology Zero, we overcame it. Technology can't hold me down. Now Technology said, cannot hold you down. Now I said I was one and zero last week, and there were problems. I said I'm two and zero this week. I'm expecting problems because I said something, but hopefully not. We'll see. You know what? It is what it is. You had technology issues. Um, hey, it happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I love the hat. By the way, is it? Thank does you. it light up, or is that the reflection? Oh yeah. Oh. oh yeah, it's lighting up, buddy. It's lighting up. We'll Holy be wearing this smoke. all the rest of the week. Going to Christmas trivia that. tonight. A Christmas bar crawl tomorrow. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Christmas activities out the wazoo. The World Junior start on Tuesday. I'm wearing my Christmas stuff all throughout. I love Christmas. Christmas lasts for me through New Year. January second, oh, January second, 2024 is when I will be mostly done celebrating the holiday. I agree. 100%. But throughout it all, we watch sports. No matter what time of year it is. It could be yeah. Christmas. It could be 4th of July. It could be Halloween. It could be the Bags Tournament. We're watching sports. We're going to get to our favorite sport in period number one. Welcome to period number one, where Frank and I will talk about hockey. I love hockey. Don't you? I do. What's your favorite part about hockey? The tempo. The tempo. Different than every other sport. Yep. A lot quicker. Up and down the ice, dramatically, yep. fast pace. A lot different than basketball up and down the court because you're on skates, you're on ice. It's a lot more fast pace. Um, you don't always get as much scoring as you'd like. But, yeah, the tempo. Absolutely. You know what my favorite part is? I think my favorite part is that you really don't like every now and then McDavid will make a a play where like he goes from end to end or like some one of the top players. It's not even just McDavid that right. could do it. You know, we've seen Patrick Kane do it. We've seen Jack Hughes do it. All of our favorite players over the years. But, you know, for the most part, a hockey goal is created by five guys on the ice working together. And, you know, if you don't work together and have cohesiveness and you're you're going to stink. Yeah, you might score a goal here and there. But like for the most part, to be a good team. You need to be able to work together, and I think it teaches a greater message about life, that things are just better. Your overall goals are easier achieved if you work together. So that's what I like about hockey. Yep, I agree. Ottawa fans, they can't be liking hockey right now, though. Oh, uh, their team, the Senators, they stink. So far this year, we've seen them get fined a draft pick for their involvement in the wrongdoings in the Evgeny Dadnov trade last year. Um, they've just had an ownership change. They fired their GM. They've had a player suspended for gambling on games. And now 
to wrap a bow on their just completely disaster of a season, they have fired head coach DJ Smith. Frank, what was your first reaction to hearing that news and kind of break it down a little bit? Well, the, they're the latest team, obviously, to fire a head coach. Uh, the Senators announced this past Monday, DJ Smith gone. Replacing him on an interim basis will be Jacques, Jacques, or whatever, Mar Jacques. Martin. Jacques. Jacques Martin. Jacques. Vinny's like, Jacques. Jacques. I want the little French accent on it. Jacques Martin. There you go. And they added also Hall of Famer and former captain Daniel Alfredson to the staff as an assistant. But honestly, I've been extremely disappointed with everything the Ottawa Senators have been this entire season. I expected a lot more out of this team. And I know I'm not alone. And I was going to say today, like, of course, as soon as they fire their head coach, they beat the pesky Arizona Coyotes on the road, three to one. We see this all the time when uh, teams hire a new co coach. We saw it with the Edmonton Oilers. But they choked a three to one lead in the third period and couldn't even get a point. How disgusting. Obviously, the Ottawa Senators need some major changes. They're cur they currently sit 30th in the NHL. Only the Sharks and the Blackhawks are worse than them. I mean, come on. Look at this team. They have Batherson, Stutzla, Kachuk, Giroux, Shabbat. I mean, Shabbat! This, this team shouldn't be this bad. They have a ton of talent, and hopefully the talent starts to show during the second half of the season. But they're dead this year. And we'll see what they could show next year because I do think there's a lot of pieces here, a lot of talented pieces here that they could get something done. And to be honest with you, VP, the production we've seen from this team hasn't been that awful. You look at their stats, the production's not terrible. The thing that stinks is their goaltending. It's That's been their biggest downfall. Both Corpusalo and Forsberg have ERAs north of 300, or north of three, sorry, and save percentages north of 800. Ridiculous. ERA? ERA, uh, whatever. Goals against average of uh, north of three. I like baseball, percentage. too. I like baseball, too. And a save percentage north of 800. You know what? I'm just I'm pissed off because, you know what, I like the Senators. I'll tell you what, I, I like all 32 teams. Everybody knows that about me. I like the Devils. They're my number one team. And then I can nitpick each and every team. There's something I like about them. I root against the New York Rangers because they're the Devils' biggest rival. But boy, do I love watching Zabanajad take one tease from his dot. Boy, do I love seeing Lafreniere finally break out and become a pretty good goal scorer. Boy, do I love watching Artemi Panarin be one of the best half-wall forwards in the NHL. Like, you know, Adam Fox, just an absolute dog. I love watching the, the Rangers, to be honest with you. I hope they lose. I like their players, though. Kreider. Kreider might be like a tick below Joe Pavelski for the best net front guy in the NHL over the last 10 years. I know Zach Parisi very much would like to be in that conversation as well. I'm not going to leave him out of that conversation. But, um, you know, just... Uh, the Senators, man, we're going to go another year without watching Brady Kachuk in the playoffs, which is exactly where a guy like Brady Kachuk would thrive. We've seen Matthew play. Matthew and Brady Kachuk have very similar games. And, you know, we saw Matthew play with Calgary. The Flames were good. I don't care. what I know they didn't win the Stanley Cup. That's not the end-all, be-all in the NHL. I know that's everybody's ultimate goal. But being a good team that has a chance each and every year is impressive. That's what Calgary was with Matthew Kachuk in the mix. And they, the Battle of Alberta was their most recent playoff series. And boy, was that a treat. I loved watching him play in the playoffs last year, the run to the final. We're missing that with Brady. I mean, yep. Florida's so good that if Ottawa were to pull it together, 
how about a first round matchup with the Sens and the Panthers? You know, if the Ottawa could like grab a wild card spot and play the division winning Panthers, or let's say the Bruins win the division and Ottawa and Florida be second and third, you know, I know Tampa and Toronto are in this mix too, and they may, but like there are all sorts of possibilities, even if it's a second round matchup, something. I we want to see them these guys in the playoffs and wait. Did you Never. say Florida and Calgary first round matchup? At uh, Ottawa, so the Kachuk brothers. The oh, I thought you said Calgary. Well, I meant yeah, I was saying Calgary because like yeah, 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 was with Calgary and we got to see him in the playoffs, and then he goes to Florida and he's even better with them in the playoffs. I'm like, imagine if we got to see Brady play against them. That'd be and, so cool. I mean, it would just be awesome, and they'd probably fight. But then there's this Stutzla who is probably even a tick better overall in terms of producing offense than Kachuk, which is saying something because yeah. Kachuk's a dog. Um, uh, it's annoying. They fire the coach. They bring in Jacques Plant. Daniel Alfredson comes in and joins the coaching staff. It's weird seeing players we loved when we were younger starting to get coaching gigs in the NHL. That that was my biggest takeaway from seeing Alfredson be on the coaching staff for them. Could be a good move. We'll see. Could be their head coach one day. Could be. Yeah, I don't know who I just what's his name? I just said it. Jock Pl- or I said Jock Plant. Jock Martin. 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 Jock Martin. Oh. There's not a guarantee he stays coach past this interim period. So yeah. it could be Daniel Alfredson. I don't know though. I'm not always the biggest fan of players coming back to coach. Doesn't always work out. Uh like Patrick Waugh. Really didn't work out that well. I mean, he was okay. Not really. Patrick Waugh will coach in the NHL again. Didn't Wayne Gretzky coach? Wayne Gretzky was terrible, but right. it was the Coyotes. I just, I'm not always a fan of uh, ex players coming back, but maybe a guy like Daniel Alfredson, who was a great player, but I, I don't know. He knows the team well, obviously. He was the well, most, most coaches are former players. I think what you mean. Most star players don't go on to be good coaches because right. they think they think the game differently. Stars, right. stars, everything came easy to them. I like. I think Jonathan Taves would make a good coach one day or an executive. I see Jonathan Taves being a GM, <clears throat> but like would Patrick Kane go in and be a good coach? I'm not yes, sure. Probably not. I mean, Rod Brindamore, I love him. He was an ex player, but okay. And this is but why I was, think but he was better too. He was a good player. He was pretty good. He was a very good player where I think Brindamore, Brindamore was like a hardworking, like, like worked for his skill kind of guy like he not he wasn't Joe Sackick or Wayne Gretzky like these top he was like you know I'm not going to say middle of the pack type of star because he was better than that but same thing with Alfredson Alfredson was never a top five player in the NHL but he was a top 10 or a top 20 and he always I remember watching him he just grinded even at the end of his career when he had that stint with the Red Wings do you remember that when Alfredson played for the Red Wings for a spell there after playing with the Senators for his entire career I don't know it could work it could not um, I read today on Twitter. Do you remember Jack Capuano, the Italian? He used to coach the Islanders. Maybe you would pick, you you would yeah you would remember him if you saw his face. He was the Italian. Really Jack name? Capuano. He was the coach of the Islanders during the Tavares era. I mean, what letter does his last name start with? C. Jack C A P U A N O. Yeah. He he is running the predator or the practice. Oh today. yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, you remember Jack Capuano. Yeah. He was the yeah. Islanders coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um he ran their practice today for the Senators. And they're on the road to place to, to play the Colorado Avalanche, who we'll touch on that in just a second. But the Colorado Avalanche 
they can drop a game to a bad team, <laughs> as we've seen. Um, but sure. yeah, he 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 ran their practice today, cool. so. I don't know if he's going to be in line for the head coaching job. If I were them, I, Craig Berube would have been called already. I, I would have offered him. I would have offered him three mil to finish this season, and with an extra year for next year, and like we'll go from there. I, like I would have absolutely done that if I were in charge of the Senators. But they have a lot of moving parts right now. It's not just your typical NHL team right now because of the ownership change, because of the GM being gone. Um, they're going to lose a first-round pick either this year, next year, or the year after that, depending on what they choose. Shit, with how they're playing this year, it ain't going to be this year's pick because right. they're not going to give up a top five, right? Like, depending how on it, how the rest of the year goes. how that works? They don't get to choose, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. They get to choose. Like, you might remember the – That's bullshit. <sighs> You think it's not really should. a punishment? I mean, yeah, it is. They're losing really. a first round pick. Yeah, it'd be more of a punishment if you like lost the top five pick. I think it'd be easier to just tell them which one. I I wholeheartedly believe that, and I'll tell you why. Like easier for who? The senators? Yeah, it would be harder oh, yeah, for them. Easier no, for the senators? No, it would be harder for them. No. Yes, it would be easier for them to just tell them what year it is because it would make their the decision senator. easy. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a punishment to make them choose, in my opinion. Yeah, but if you're choosing like the 23rd pick or the 25th pick. Yeah, well, that's just – that's lucky, but it's not going to be – I just don't see it being like that. I don't know if you do. But like they – like I remember they got to choose. I, it was oddly enough it was them too, but they made that Matthew Shane trade. Yeah, and when they acquired him, they gave a first round pick to Colorado. They were allowed to give it to them either one year or the next. And when they had a top five pick or a top ten pick, whatever it was, they elected to keep it, and they chose Brady Kachuk. Where the Avalanche probably would have ended up with Brady Kachuk if they would have given it to him that year. But the following year, the Avalanche they ended up with the fourth overall pick and took Bowen Byram. So. You know, the Sens would love to have Bowen Byram, but they wouldn't have Brady Kachuk. I think everybody would rather have Brady Kachuk than Bowen Byram, even though Byram's a pretty good player. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's not going to be this year, though. I'd be shocked. Um, there's a lot of defensemen going in this upcoming draft. There's also a lot of unknown. So they fired the coach. DJ Smith is out. I would bring Craig yep. Brube in, but other like hasn't Brube. happened. Yeah, me too. Um, Frank, the Detroit Red Wings suck. Ever since Patrick Kane joined the lineup. One win. What is going yep. on with the Detroit Red Wings? Well, they're in a little bit of a skid, obviously, since adding Kane to the lineup. They've dropped three in a row now, I believe, or is it four in a row? I think it's three in a row. I do also think, though, their problems have had recently had to do with their second leading score, Dylan Larkin, being out for over a week. Uh, I didn't think Patrick Kane coming to the Red Wings was going to be a saving grace. He's not what he used to be. This isn't like if Nathan McKinnon or William Nylander came to the Red Wings, right? This is a very good player. This is a very, or this was a very good player, way past his prime now, but he's still capable of making some magic happen, you know, coming to the Red Wings. I do think if Detroit made the playoffs, Patrick Kane would become a bit of a difference maker because the playoffs are a whole different ball game. We got a different style of play. Your minutes are different each shift. Shifts are different and all that. But I really didn't see any major impacts of him coming to the team and being like, oh, we're president trophy candidate now because we got Patrick Kane. Now, of course, I didn't expect them to stink with Patrick Kane either. But Kane is also coming back from a, a tough hip surgery. 
He has four points in seven games. Not terrible, but a hip surgery in this late in someone's career. I don't expect him to ever get to that 90-point plateau again. So I just think it's kind of like uh, we got Kane, we're losing, but I don't really necessarily know if Kane's the reason. That's fair. The Red Wings, they were always going to go through a little bit of a slump. I think they'll be a bubble team all year long. Um, they got some points in the bag early in the season, um, but they're still a young team. Vili Huso is going to be out for a while now with his injury. Um, I just, you know, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they will be a great team soon. I'm just not certain that Patrick Kane is like a long-term Red Wing. You asked me when he first signed, is this his last team? I said no, because I think he eventually he either plays with Buffalo or he comes back to the Blackhawks for a year. Um, maybe he'll get another year or two in Detroit. That wouldn't shock me either. But, you know, so far it hasn't been so good with Patrick Kane on the team. He hasn't come in and saved them, but nobody really expects that. It's far from his fault. Um, they need to be better defensively. And they need to be a little bit smarter on when they use Kane, I think. Make him a power play specialist. He's still got the mitts. He's still got the shot. Um, at five on five, throw him out there, protect him, make sure that Moritz Sider and, you know, whoever it is else on their top pair is out there with him at the same time at five on five. And, you know, let the other guys go to work, Lucas Raymond and guys like that when, you know, not when Patrick Kane isn't out there. So, it's going to be an adjustment period for Kane. I really am not much worried at all on whether or not he's going to bring star power to the wings, though, throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, I mean, he'll probably have a great year in terms of his age and what we're kind of expecting. I mean, I forgot what my prediction on him was. Well, he's maybe not going to. He's not going to have like 100 points because like 50 points maybe, or is that that might even be too that's much. probably high just because of missing 20 games. Or, or it was probably like 25 games he missed, um, maybe a little under 22, 23 games. Um, I would say if he had like 35 points, that would be like a really good year for Patrick Kane coming back from the surgery. I also think you could give him a little bit of a hit because of the fact that he is taking a minute to come back, and you know, it it's wasn't just going to come. Too. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the we guys at his age, that. the guys at his age that had it, two of them didn't play come back at all. One of them yeah. was, I forget who the one was, the defenseman was a Jovanovsky. And then Nicholas Backstrom. Right. Nicholas Backstrom. He's out indefinitely right now, and he might come back, but he might not. Um, tough. Very, very tough. Um, Frank, I suggest, or I assume, you know, the story between the St. Louis blues and Jordan Cairo over the last week. For those who don't, let me catch you up a little bit. Last week, the St. Louis blues fired head coach Craig Berube. And we covered that on our last show. I believe it. We, we yep. were able to talk about it, but the following day, um, Jordan Cairo was asked about, you know, missing the coach and whatnot. And he responded something real snarly. He goes, I don't know. He's not my coach anymore or something. It was something like diminishing to his relationship with um, Craig Berube and St. Louis fans did not like that. And you know what? It makes sense. No matter how this season went for or is going for St. Louis, Craig Berube is the only living person to ever be the head coach for the St. Louis Blues en route to winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Joel Quinville, no matter what, will be a legend in Chicago. He could do no wrong. People, yeah. you talk crap about him, you're going to get booed. Um, Craig Berube is that guy in St. Louis. Jordan Cairo, he got booed, and he got booed bad. And he knew it. 
And after the game, he was asked about what it was like to get booed by the hometown fans. And he said it was tough. And he loves playing there. And he was basically brought to tears by the fact that his hometown crowd was booing him. And then two games later, he goes out there and he has the game of his career. And he was the number one star of the game. And he wasn't booed at all. He was cheered to the nines. And it just it gives me a very Midwestern feeling like, you know what? It's St. Louis, man. Chicago, Minnesota, uh, Tennessee, all, all these places, not Tennessee, um, Indiana, all these places are the same. We love you when you're great and we hate you when you're an a-hole. And you, we could flip, flip, flip Adelphia all we want. But that's the way it is in St. Louis. St. Yep. Louis the, and the Blues are a great NHL franchise. Um they they have been one of the standards in the NHL for the last 10 years. Jordan Cairo doing okay to stay a part of it with his most recent game, but absolutely he better play well, otherwise those comments aren't gonna linger too well. Well, you know, Jordan Cairo, he's been an extremely effective playmaker for the Blues this year. He has 15 apples. He's just been having it, he's just struggling a little bit to light the lamp this year. We've seen Jordan Cairo the last couple of seasons score 25 to 30 goals. He had a career-best 37 goals last year, but that hasn't been the case this year. In fact, Kairou may be on pace to set a career high in assists if things go right this way in the last or this season in the last 50 games. I mean, which if it's if that's the role you're comfortable with, that's fine. Teams need a player that can make plays and be that playmaker and rack up the assists and feed the pucks to other players. But it begs the question: Do the Blues trade a guy like this at the trade deadline? Because, you know, you could get a decent return for somebody like Cairo, and I wouldn't bank on the Blues making too much noise this year or into the postseason. I would be shocked. that You bring up a good point because a lot of the times guys do either request a trade or get traded if something like this happens. Jordan Cairo hasn't been worth $6 million this year, let alone eight. So it's hard to see a team right now taking on a guy with seven years left at eight mil. That's the issue. You're basically, you're basically, it's, it's Jack Hughes's contract with one fourth of the production. Yep. So no, I don't see him getting traded for that reason alone. He has to build himself back up and he, he needs to basically do what Brock Besser did. He needs to like figure out a way to not suck anymore. Cause Brock Besser was a wildly albatross contract for the last two years. Injury might've had a lot to do with that. Maybe attitude has a lot to do with that with Cairo. And you know what, in his first game after the whole booing thing, he goes out there and he has a great game. So maybe, maybe motivation and attitude was all he needed. Um, you know, they say in football, the biggest key to like being good on defense is effort. You know, on offense, you have to have skill. You have to be able to jump and catch the ball. You have to be able to throw it. You have to be able to read defenses and run or be fast or be agile. On defense, really all you have to, like not all you have to do, you have to be talented too to be a defensive back. You have to be a ball hawk to be a linebacker. You have to be fast. You have to be strong if you're on the D-line. But a lot, it's effort-based. A lot of it is extremely effort-based on defense. If you go out there and you have that motor, go out and watch Max Crosby play for the Raiders. That guy, is he better than, like, Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa? No. But does he give quadruple the effort? One would argue. 
One would argue, and you know what? He very well could be the defensive player of the year. I feel that way about hockey as a whole, no matter your position. If you give full effort and you're out there just being a freaking spider monkey, you're going to succeed. Is Zach Parisi more skilled than Patrick Kane? No, absolutely not. Does he have about as many goals as Kane? Yes. Why? He gave 10 times the effort of everybody else out there. Superstar grinder. If Sidney Crosby's a superstar grinder too. He doesn't make things look easy. He's not super flat. Like he's not McDavid using speed and being methodical out there. It's more like, hey, Crosby's going to go to the front of the net. He's going to use his big ass and his huge effort to beat your ass. And, you know, we saw what the goalie scored a couple nights ago. It looks like a goal a fourth liner would score, except he's done it 500 times. That's the difference between him and a fourth liner. But if Jordan Cairo, if he could give that type of effort and have that kind of emotion every single game, he could be worth his $8 million at some point. So I like Jordan Cairo. I like this Blues franchise. Hopefully it all works out for them in the end. Yeah, and you know, I agree. I mean, he definitely looked like he was worthy of that contract last year. He had a great year last year. Just not equating too much this year. But, you know, you see that with guys. Some players are up and down. Hopefully he gets his shit turned around and, you know, Maybe this new coach for the Blues, I don't know, maybe spark something in his mind. It looked like it the other night. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I hope Cairo gives his full effort every single game. He'll be an 80-point player if that's the case. I remember two years ago when he was in the Winter Classic against the Wild. You know the Wild kind of will always have a special place in my heart. I was rooting hard for them in that Winter Classic. I wore my jersey. I wore my hat while watching it. Jordan Cairo made me freaking miserable that day. Him and Robert Thomas were just off the hook good in that Winter Classic. And you know what? Robert Thomas is a superstar. You know he's third in the NHL in five-on-five points? Is he really? Robert Thomas is a superstar. Wow. I shook shook Grandpa Thomas's hand right when Robert Thomas was – you remember that. His family was sitting right in front of us when he was drafted. That, That family had no clue what was coming. I'm sure they assumed he could become this good. But, man, is he just an awesome player for the St. Louis Blues. And I feel a little special connection to a lot of those players from that 2017 draft, especially in the first round. But, I mean, Frank, what a draft we were at. It was a good draft. Uh, It's one of my most cherished sports memories is going to that draft. And it was so cheap to go. Ten bucks a ticket. Yeah, right. It was worth it. it. It was so cheap that I bought ten in one sitting and then sold them to each of you guys individually. It was so that, nice. It was great. Uh, and you know what? Train. Do you remember yep. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is probably the last time. Or that'll. That's probably the first and last for us because the draft? they. Yeah, because it's going to be decentralized after this year. Um, we got Don Burr in the chat, Frank. Detroit versus everybody. Man, them Red Wings jokes fading like bad ink. Hmm. Um, we were literally just shit talking the Red Wings five seconds ago, Don Burr. They are <laughs> one and six since Patrick Kane join the team so the only thing fading like bad ink is the red wings playoff hopes right now um frank speaking of the 2017 nhl draft um nolan patrick was taken second overall the london knights team canada star was supposed to be the number one pick and then this young man named nico heischer who was number 13 on greg button craig button's um draft board when the season started he dominated with the Halifax Mooseheads and brought a pretty mediocre team to the uh, playoffs in the QMJHL. 
and he dominated with Team Swiss. He gave Team Team USA had to win in overtime against the Swiss. If Team USA lost in or won in overtime against the Swiss this year, you like you would think the world was going to explode. But he sure was that good. Ended up being the number one pick. Patrick falls to two with the Flyers. He spends the first three years of his career with the Flyers before being traded to Nashville, but without ever playing a game for the Nashville Predators. He was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights where he appeared in 25 games. He has not played since the 2021-22 season due to injury. And today, Nolan Patrick announced his retirement from the NHL at 25 years old, which wow. is very, very sad. I, I feel for the kid. Now, before injuries or anything like that came into the mix, with Nolan Patrick. Of course I wanted he sure to be better. I'm a sports fan. I wanted my favorite team's guy. Because I remember I took a picture of the Sears Tower that day. And I said, hey, Sears, Nico or Nolan? Uh, you know, it was in my head all summer. I had a picture of Nico Heischer with Nolan Patrick as my phone background from the second the Devils lost or won the lottery to the day of the draft. I had no clue who they were going to pick. I had no clue who I wanted. There was a, a hard moment where I wanted Nolan Patrick. And he goes to the Flyers, dealing with concussions. He obviously chooses his health over his playing career going forward. He's got some money in the bank now after some endorsements and, you know, his NHL contracts. Um, I feel bad for the kid. I really, really do. I wish I wish he was just as good as Heischer and Devils versus Flyers. That was the storyline every time they played. I really, really do. That that's a tough retirement for sure. Yeah, I remember when we were there. We like nobody knew was it going to be he sure or Patrick. Like we were kind of leaning Patrick, but then well, because they... Patrick was the number one pick. All, he was. It was kind of a Shane Wright situation. He was the number one pick all year, all year. Everyone had him one, and then this he sure kid came out of nowhere and made it interesting. And the Devils ended up going with him anyway. And aren't you happy with that? Well, yesterday he played in his 400th career game, and he's got 301 career points. He's not quite point per game in his career. Um, he's a point per game as basically the last two years since, like, really kind of breaking out and becoming a star. But, you know, he's not – he'll probably end up as the draft class second or third leading scorer because Peterson and maybe McCarr might be ahead of him. Uh, McCarr's a defenseman. But, like, man, a Selkie Trophy contender, top-line center, captain – yeah, the, the Devils got they came away with what they needed in that draft. I'll tell you what, if they had Kale McCarr instead of Heischer and ended up getting Jack Hughes anyway, there would be a bigger hole missing from the team with the second line center than the hole right now not having Kale McCarr easily because they have Luke Hughes and Nemitz and Dougie Hamilton and all these guys. I don't know. I think it worked out well for them, but I feel extremely bad for Nolan Patrick. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. Uh, it's hard to see any athlete retire at 25 years old, especially one that you watched be drafted. Yeah. Um, did you do you remember who the Hawks took that year? They took Henry Yoki Haru. You know, when me and G were at a game, we had a they had a thing where you could get a, a mystery signed puck. We got Henry Yoki Haru. What are the odds? You were at that that draft just yeah, keeps right. coming back. That draft right. keeps coming back. And freaking Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas was a really big part in the Blues beating the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. I'm like, Joe, you shook grandpa's hand. Freaking yep. the Bruins ended up losing to Robert Thomas in his rookie year. 
but uh, that draft does come back, and I think about it a lot. Shane Pinto was drafted in that draft, the one who was suspended. Yep. Um, no team, though. I stand by this. Um, I don't even, like, credit to G and her Dallas Stars. I've never seen a team retool their franchise in one draft more than the Dallas Stars in the 2017 NHL draft. They took Miro Heiskanen third overall. They took Ottinger 26th overall or 22nd overall, whatever it was, with the Hawks pick. Sorry about that. And then Jason Robertson in the second round. You got your leading scorer, your number one Norris Trophy caliber defenseman, an elite Vesna Trophy caliber goaltender in the first two rounds of one draft. And that's coming off the years of Ben and Sagan. You add Pavelski. I mean, Rupe Hintz was in the fold. You you basically allowed your older guys to like be still contenders as they age out of the league because of how well that draft went for them. Absolutely not. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, the 2023 NHL draft or 17 NHL draft, I, I will always remember it. Um, Frank, Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, really quick. What happened to the Hawks earlier in that day? Uh, I don't remember. There were two big things. I know. It was that uh I remember I went I went to fill up my get my car with gas the morning of that draft because I knew I was one of the drivers. I was coming to pick you up. It was a trade, right? While I was getting gas or while I was laying in bed in the morning, they traded Artemi Panarin to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Brandon Saad. Um, Marco Dano, uh, Forsberg, the goalie, and a second round, something like that. And then while I was pumping up gas, filling up to head to the draft, they traded Nicholas Yalmerson and Marion Host. No, not Marion Host's contract. It was someone else's contract. Brian Seabrook? Bickle, maybe? No, not Seabrook. They traded somebody's contract with um, Roosevelt? No, I don't remember. It was Yalmerson, though. He went to the Coyotes in exchange for um, Connor Murphy. Because isn't Roosevelt or his contract go to the Coyotes? Maybe. I know eventually Hosas did. Um, a lot yeah, of the Blackhawks players did. <laughs> a lot of NHL players did. Freaking Datsuk. Um, I will look that up right now, actually. I'm curious. Because, actually, I think they sent Vinny Henestroza with him. Yeah. It was... It was Yalmerson, Vinny. Uh, I'm going to pull up the actual um, trade. A dumb trade for the Hawks, and I'll tell you why. Murphy lasted longer than um, Murphy lasted longer than Yalmerson, but I think Yalmerson would have fit the end of their contention window better. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Murphy, Murphy still hasn't played in the playoffs other than the bubble. Um, no, I'm wrong. Henestrosa was the Bickle trade to get rid of Bickle's contract. Um, he was traded to the Arizona Coyotes for Laurent Dauphin and Connor Murphy. I don't even know who Laurent Dauphin is. Laurent Dauphin, he played 94 games in the NHL, none with the Blackhawks. I was going to say, I don't even remember that guy. Yeah, he. I don't think he ever got called up once he was traded to the Blackhawks. So, yeah, very strange. He was a centerman, shot left, 2013. Yep, very interesting. What a wild day. Um, Frank, earlier in the week, speaking of highly picked drafted players, speaking of wild, speaking of wild, Mark Andre Fleury 
was on the bench in what could have been his last ever game as a member of the road team against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, he came out after the game. John Hines said it was all part of the plan all along. And Marc-Andre Fleury said, I don't know why people are making a big deal. I never said this was my last year, blah, blah, blah. Um, he played against the Bruins the following night and won. Um, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about it. If it was part of their plan and it was agreed upon, Fleury said he doesn't like playing against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. He gets too emotional while playing, and it throws him off his game. He was better suited mentally to play against the Bruins the following night. Um, I was mad at first, but then I understood. Yeah, it's cool to see him make a visit back to Pittsburgh with the team that jump-started his NHL career. I know a lot of teams, obviously, were hoping to see Marc-Andre Fleury make the start against the Penguins because – that could have very well been his last chance to ever start in Pittsburgh again in his career. But, you know, when Fleury was asked about the decision, he stated to the media that he was a little disappointed. But if you did a little digging, which you kind of already said already, Michael Russo of the Athletics said he doesn't like playing there as a visitor as it is. And his emotional return night to Pittsburgh will eventually come when his Hall of Fame career is over and he goes back there to, you know, be honored as a Penguin. Like, that's all coming. So if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan and you're hoping to see, like, Marc-Andre Fleury there, better days are coming. You're going to have a whole chance to honor him one day after he retires, after he's a Hall of Famer and all that. Then Rob Rossi of The Athletic wrote that, if you remember, VP, Fleury's first start of the season came in Montreal where Habs fans honored the Quebec native with a standing ovation after he was named the first star of the game following the Wilds' 5-2 to win on October 17th. And Marc-Andre Fleury said it was a bit too heavy for him. Now, you don't want emotions to get in the in the head of in your head <clears throat> in the game that is important for your team to win. Obviously, the Wilds still have a lot of ground to make up in the playoff race, but there's 50 games left or so to do so. And at the end of the day, starting Flurry against the Bruins turned out to be the better decision because he was able to will his team to a 4-3 win last night. So I think it, all in all, it all worked out for everybody. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, again, like I said, I was mad at first, but, you know, it is what it is. He ended up getting the win against the Wild. So hopefully, I, I hope Marc-Andre Fleury's not done, but, you know, He's getting up there. He's been a treasure to have in the league for all these years. Um, I won't be greedy. I'll be extremely sad and happy when he retires. I'll be happy for him, sad for myself. Um, hopefully he has a good finish to the season with the Wild. Um, Frank, this is not our last show breaking down the World Juniors because we're going to have a show just one uh day into it where we could, you know, break down what's happening and then we'll discuss what happens, you know, once it's over and all that. But this is our last show to get in our predictions before it all starts. The World Junior Classic is about to begin um, on Tuesday, Boxing Day, December 26th. There's a lot of good games that day, Frank. It's taking place in game. Sweden and I literally cannot wait. I like the World Juniors just as much as I like the NHL because you see players who you're going to see in the NHL, and I like watching the league right now and going, oh, I watched him play in World Juniors. Oh, I watched him play in World Juniors. Bedard scoring the golden goal. If he wins the Stanley Cup with the Blackhawks, I'll say, Frank, remember when he scored the golden goal for Canada and we were so pumped? Or, you know, I, you know, seeing guys, Heischer, he rose to the top by dominating in the World Juniors that year. I remember I watched that game between Team USA and Swiss, the Swiss with ink. <laughs> yep. You know, so there's all sorts of things that go on 
in this tournament that lead to future hockey memories, and I'm super pumped about it. Let's get down to it, Frank. All right. Before we get into it, let's discuss the five players we're most excited to watch when the World Juniors begins. I'm sure you got yourself a good little list there. Yeah. I, there are five players that I'm excited to watch, but there are also five players that I think everybody should keep their eye on. To make Absolutely. An and I didn't make a list knowing you were going to make a list of, and it was probably going to feature a lot of guys that I was thinking of. If you don't name somebody that's in my head, I'll bring it out. All right. And if you want to elaborate a little bit more on these guys, because sure. I'm sure you know a little bit more about them. I, I mean, I did my research, but, and I know some of them just because of, you know. Being a hockey fan? Yeah. Well, first up is Axel Sandin-Palicka. He's one of the best, if not Good the ball. best defenseman in the Hell entire yeah. tournament for Sveden. Sveden. this kid is going to be a must-see talent. You saw him drafted this year in the 2023 NHL entry draft. He's going to be a sight to behold. Number two, Oliver Moore, obviously. A true stud, one of the fastest guys in the tournament. Keep your eye on this kid because he's going to be making a big impact for the Blackhawks one day. I truly believe that. He might not have the most perfect shot. He might struggle a little bit when it comes to shooting the puck. I mean, that's something he has to work on. I know know, a lot of people dissected his game before the draft this year, and while he does pass well, while he does skate well, he does got to work on his shot a little bit more. I think his shot's going to be on display. Number three, Yuri Kulich. He was selected 28th overall by the Buffalo Sabres in the 2022 NHL entry draft. In the AHL last season, at 18 years old, he had 46 points. He can very well be one of the best scorers of this entire tournament for Czechia. I think this kid's unreal. I'm excited to see what he could do. Czechia, I'm pretty sure, I don't even know if they're like favorited to place for a medal, but this kid alone could help them get a bronze because I don't think they'd get anything higher than a bronze, to be honest with you. If they were to get a medal, this kid's unreal, and he's so young, and the Sabres got a true gem one day when he comes up and plays for them. And the last two players kind of go hand-in-hand. It's Jacob Fowler and Trey Augustine, both goaltenders for the United States. You know, when we were talking about them a few weeks ago. I, I really didn't know a lot about him. So I wanted to do my research on him and see like if I'm gonna be watching the World Juniors in my home country play, I wanted to know like what do these guys bring to the table? Well obviously Trey Augustine is probably going to be USA starter. But both Jacob Fowler and Augustine are capable of being the starter. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacob Fowler played, because he's probably not going to play that many games in the group stages, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has that one game and something from the coach sees a glimmer in his eye and he takes over the starting role. I honestly think that these two guys, if they're on top of their game, they the USA could win gold, honestly. It's gonna it's going to start at the back end. So both of these goalies were drafted in the 2023 NHL entry draft. Both are going to come to play. Like I said, we might not see a lot out of Jacob Fowler in the World Junior Championships, but I have a feeling that both goalies are going to have a bigger impact than most people may be expecting. Frank, you didn't pick a single person on my list, and I'm so happy about it because we get to highlight more people. Wow. What a list. What a list. I I like the Axel prediction as the best defenseman. I'll I'll one up you. There's a defenseman that I'm super excited for too, Lane Hudson. Yeah. 
Montreal Canadiens draft pick. I think he plays for the Habs or at least their AHL team at the end of this year once BU is done. Um, who knows, though? You know, maybe he plays. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but next year he might be good enough to help them get right back in that mix. And he'll be on Team USA's blue line, and I'm super excited to see him. I'm going to name three players at one time when, you know, going over some players that I think everybody should be watching once the tournament begins. Of course, I'm talking about Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and Gabe Peralt. They are the top line for Boston College, and I think all three of them are going to be stars in the NHL. Smith was drafted by the San Jose Sharks. Peralt was drafted by the New York Rangers. And um, Leonard was drafted by the Washington Capitals. All of them are great. They, The three of them believe that if they were put together in the NHL right now, they would score a goal. They, like It is that the confidence is just oozing from these guys. And I really, really am looking forward to seeing what they can do with Team USA. I mean, that is just going to be absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, they and they came up together with the U.S. National Development Program. Now they're at BC together. They'll be on Team USA together. I hope that's just the line that they use over there in you know Sweden. And then Cutter Gautier is the second line center at BC, and he might be better than all three of them. But the, he, those three have the chemistry from playing together at such a young age. And then BC so smart that they put Gautier with two other wingers on the second line. And it's like, wow, this Team USA's forward group. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention Jimmy Snuggerud. That guy's absolutely unbelievable, too. I thought yep. for sure you were going to name him because you like the St. Louis Blues prospect because he's got a sick last name, Snuggerud. Yep. He's just going to be an absolute menace, and I can't wait to watch him. I. The only player, though, that's played the entire year in the NHL, I believe, that is going to be in the World Junior, Matthew Patra of the Boston Bruins. Made he, up, he made up the final roster spot for Team Canada. The Bruins sent him off. He will wow. play for Team Canada. That ice is going to look so big to him. I'm surprised. That I mean, just think about it. All that closed up gap space that is in the NHL is going to be wide open in this World yeah. Junior Tournament, and I think he's going to dominate. So I'm very much looking forward to him. Smart move by Team Canada, who doesn't have, um, you know, the deepest group, but they're led by the number one undrafted prospect in the world. Macklin Celebrini. He goes to Boston University. He will be on Team Canada. I love that Canada's top uh, prospect is playing college hockey. It makes me so freaking happy. Um, but yeah, Macklin Celebrini, he will go to whichever team wins the draft lottery. It probably will be one of the Blackhawks, Ducks, Sharks, Senators, Blue Jackets. You know, one of those really bad teams. They're going to end up with Celebrini. He's going to be outstanding. The Habs are playing too damn good right now for this to even be a legit possibility, but I was rooting for the Habs to win the lottery this year. Um, if not the Blackhawks, of course, because I want to see Max Celebrini and Lane Hudson play together in the NHL after dominating college hockey together. I think that'd be really, really cool. But um, those are the players I'm most looking forward to. Can't wait to watch them. Skokes brings up the Hawks players that are playing oh, for yeah. Team USA. Oliver Moore, Frank Nazar, Hayes, and Rinzel. I mean, what a group that is, too. I am so pumped. The Hawks got a lot of players going in this draft, but I don't know. Any reaction to what I the guys I brought up? I like that both of our lists were different. Like you said, we got to talk about a little bit more about these guys. And, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I think the Canadian roster 
doesn't look up to par with how it usually is. I think the roster is a little weak, honestly, and there are definitely holes in their game. If you, I got a prediction for you. If you want my prediction for the whole thing, yeah, lay it on me. Although gonna... I like Celebrini's amazing. It's just the depth beyond him is like it's not what it usually is. Like last year they had Bedard, but they had they rolled four lines. Right. Maybe it's not a wild prediction, but I'm going to go with the United States to win gold. I think their biggest test, obviously, of the entire tournament is Sweden. But I think they have a very talented roster. They could take Axel, send in Palika down, Team Sweden down. Like you guys, you, you named a bunch of guys that we talked about. Frank Nazar, Snuggerud, Oliver Moore, uh, Gavin Brindley, Cutter Gauthier, Lane Hudson, Sam Renzel, Seamus Casey. Uh, isn't Will Smith playing? Will yeah, Smith? I brought up Will Smith. Oh, you did? Yeah. That he's, was on, he's on that line. Yeah, Will Smith. I mean, Lane Hudson, I, this talent's through the roof. I think they could win gold very easily. I and also... What, if, what yes. if Canada doesn't place a medal? I don't think they're going to. I, that's my prediction, too. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I I do not think so. Um, I'm looking my to predictions see. there. I don't think... Uh, I don't think they have odds on DraftKings yet. Um, for what? Looking for the World Juniors? Probably not. But I would be like, they're on here usually. It's too early, though, I think. It probably is. Um, I, there are some sites, though, that the odds are out. Team USA is heavy favorite. Are they really? Yeah, they're like, yeah. I thought Sweden would be for I mean, sure. you look at their roster... And it's like, it's not that surprising. They have four lines of guys who could be stars in the NHL. Now, wow. Canada having Patra um, is nice, obviously. Um, let's see. Wow. I didn't know they were heavy favorites. Yeah. It's a little sad, actually. I thought I was making this big prediction. I mean, it, it is still. It is still. Um, this sports book has Canada. Um, which Canada I, is the favorite. Yeah, I don't agree no. with that at all. But yeah, I, I've looked at a couple. Yeah, USA on this one. Yeah, they absolutely um, have the best odds in my. Like I look at the rosters. Yeah, Sweden is really good, and they're at home. That obviously plays a factor. Um, Chechia last year came out of nowhere. If they did that again this year, I wouldn't be all that surprised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm i picking Team USA, too, though. I, I think they're going to get it done. I, I hope they get it done. I'll be locked into every game. I mean, they have great goaltending. Like, Snuggerud might be on their third line because they're probably going to run that top line with, you know, the Boston College guys. And then Cutter Gauthier will be the center on the second line. They'll get him some good wingers. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention Seamus Casey, the New Jersey Devils prospect that's on Team I'm USA. I'm surprised you did it. I mean, with Lane Hudson or if they decide to separate them, Seamus Casey, although Michigan has kind of struggled to win a lot of their games this year, they're not as good as they were last year or the year before, but Seamus Casey, he, he'll be, he's in Hobie Baker competition. I don't think he's going to win it, but he's like in the mix. It's possible. Um, it's possible. Just absolutely unreal player. I used to think the Devils were going to trade him. Now I'm like, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. Because he's sick. But, man, I'm super pumped. Um, you know, we were supposed to talk about Team USA, but we kind of talked about them anyway by naming our favorite and, 
you know what what we think is going to happen. So you're right now leaning USA gold, Sweden bronze, Czechia, uh, or no. Sweden Sweden silver, Czechia bronze. Yeah, that's where you're leaning right now. Yep. All right. Just to be different, I'll go. I'll go USA gold. Um, Sweden. I'll go Canada silver, Sweden. Um, bronze, but I think Finland will be in the mix too. I Canada's going to go in as underdogs, and they'll wow. rem, they'll remind us all like, hey, even though we're not as stacked as we normally are, we're still freaking Canada. That wouldn't shock me one bit. Yeah, I mean Canada probably will. I mean they'll probably make it right. They'll probably place. I just wanted to be different. Because I do think there is an outside chance that they I, don't get a medal. I wouldn't call it an outside chance. I'm like 50-50 on it. Yeah. I just, if Team USA wins gold and Canada wins silver, that means they played each other in the gold medal game in USA won. <laughs> Feed me that. I will say this. I root for Team USA. I also root for the Devils draft picks. I, I want the, and the guys I like too. Obviously, not none of these guys on Team USA are, most of them aren't drafted by the Devils, and I still love them anyway. Like Lane Hudson, um, he's a Canadian's prospect. I'm not a Canadian's fan, but I, I root for his success. Um, this Lenny Haminaho is his name. He's one of – he was the Devils' third-round pick last year. Is he and he's just He will be on Team Finland. Uh, and I, I am so excited because I think for being a third – I've never seen a Devils' third-round pick be as highly rated of a prospect in their own system. I probably I heard of this guy. Is Luke Hughes still a prospect in your brain? No, he hasn't played forty career games yet. Yeah, but no. If All you're right. on the roster playing consistently, so ne- not even Nemitz. Nemitz has like seven games played. Well, maybe him. I guess. All right. So, all right. Let's say let's say you own you include guys who haven't played forty games. Luke Hughes would be one. Nemitz would be two. I think. Alexander Holtz has played more than 40 games now, so he don't count. Seamus Casey would probably be three. You can make an argument for Lenny Haminaho as number four. And he's got a sick Finnish name that's fun to say, Lenny Haminaho. <laughs> love the Finns. Absolutely love the Finns. I hope they medal. That's just from a pure rooting interest. I'm rooting for them. Um, but, Frank, I'm pumped for the World Juniors. Glad you're into it, too. Well, there's a lot of Blackhawks to look forward to. So if you're a Blackhawks sure fan, are. take your eyes Give it a watch and just, I mean, this is the future of the Blackhawks right here. So, Absolutely. And you know what? There's something to look for for all 32 fan bases in this yep. tournament. You don't have a prospect in this thing, but your team stinks. Watch Team Canada with Macklin Celebrini. Yep. You're a Blackhawks fan. Could be a Blackhawk one day. He could very well be a Blackhawk. If the season ended today, they'd have the best odds at him. Yep. So, oh, wouldn't That's that be crazy. something? That's wouldn't crazy. That something? That would just be, oh, go every team that plays the Blackhawks. Could you imagine? But then they're done for five years. So? No, I know. But, like, how does that work? Is it? I've been trying to figure out, is it five years total? So we're done for, like, since we went through two years, we have to just wait three? Or is it five years from winning your second one? So I have no idea. Like, 2029. I have no idea. We might not find out for a while because, like, the odds of it happening are very, very slim. Um. It's not going to, I mean, even if they, 
if they won it this year, got Celebrini, then next year had the fifth worst record, then the following year had the seventh worst record, and then they started to be a playoff team consistently the years after that. I, that's probably what the Blackhawks are low-key hoping for. Um, I would I would trade every available asset this year except for Felino because I would try everything I can to re-sign him at the risk of possibly losing him for nothing. I would do that if I were Kyle Davidson. Everyone else, Athens, CU, Hall. Hall's not coming back. No one would take him. Um, anybody that's on an expiring contract or maybe even has one year left on their deal, maybe get a better pick back because it's not more than just a half-year rental. Connor Murphy. I mean, if they were to do all this, they would suck in the second half. My God, would they suck in the second half? But like Zaitsev, all of a sudden Zaitsev is showing that he could play some good. You know, I thought Zaitsev was like the worst defenseman of all time. He looked that pass he made yesterday that led to Tyler Johnson's power play goal. I was like, oh baby, Zaitsev, trade value, be someone's seventh defenseman in the playoff, pick up a six round pick. I would dump them all, go for Celebrini or Iserman or one of the defensemen from Finland. Hell yeah. And then you're really cooking if you're Kyle Davidson. Oh, I'm all in on this Blackhawks rebuild. I'm all in on it, Frank. I tweet about the Hawks more than you. Yeah, well. I miss your recaps. Get them going again. It was getting old. No, get them going again. It's not getting old. People loved it. Uh, Not really. Bring them back. A couple did. Bring them back. And then I was getting pissed because I would like I want to write more about it, and then I'd like use too many characters, and I'm like, well, this is bullshit. Buy Twitter Blue. Um, you write a, you could write a tweet with a novel attached, and you'll be verified. Probably yeah. gain some followers. Um, I don't know. I liked them. I miss them. I'm writing them for you until you come back. All right. Um. Frank, I think it's that time. We don't normally do this, but it's a special holiday episode yep. of Bard on Talking Hockey. So we're going to talk about another sport that we like very much in period number two. Frank, it's time to talk about football. football. Love football. Come on, where's Joey? Where is yep, he? Yep, he's lurking. He's lurking. They're talking about football. They just spent an hour talking about hockey. But I got to call him out for talking football. I smell something. Frank, the Chicago Bears played against the Cleveland Browns this last weekend. And they had a lead. Damn, they had a lead against a good team. Browns are good. I'm standing tall. I'm standing tall on this. The Browns are good train. They've been good for a while. Um, This year, their defense is so good, though, that they're overcoming mediocre to poor quarterback play. When their defense was just pretty good, like last year and the year before, um, they weren't able to overcome bad quarterback play. This year, though, I'm convinced me and you could play quarterback for them. And their defense, that's the best defense in the NFL, in my opinion. If I could take one defense to move forward with right now, I would take the Cleveland Browns. Um, But weren't able to get it done against them if you're the Chicago Bears. I thought Justin Fields played okay. The defense did play well themselves again, but they weren't able to get it done by the end of the game. Joe Flacco, over 300 yards. Even though he had over 300 yards, he did everything in his power to um, give the Bears the win by throwing multiple interceptions. You got people pointing out that Fields threw two interceptions. Okay, guys, uh, I've been down on Fields. Both of Justin Fields' interceptions were Hail Marys in the end zone. 
that went off of 10 people before getting into the defender's hands. Neither of those were his fault. That's why you shouldn't do Hail Marys. But Mooney also should have caught that last one. Your takeaway from Bears-Browns. You know, after getting a big win versus the Lions, they decide to lay an egg against the Browns. I mean, what were you expecting, VP? This team stinks. I told you they would have that letdown game. This was the same hype everyone had after Bajan got a Bears win. And I was some of those I was one of those people after Bajan got a win. I was part of the hype. This team's too inconsistent, though. We can't get excited when the Bears win. I mean, this is just typical Bears fashion. This team is too inconsistent. They crumble when the game gets to the fourth quarter. There were two times in the game I thought the Bears should have given Santos a shot at a field goal, especially with four seconds to go in the first half. It would have been like a 52-yard field goal, but instead you try for a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Like the odds of making the field goal, extremely better than attempting a Hail Mary at the end of the half. I mean, that was just a, they're just a poorly coached team, and the Browns took advantage of that. They outscored the Bears 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter. When you have a defense as good as the Browns do, it literally keeps you in just about every single game. They can win a playoff game against anybody. Do I think they'll win enough to go to the Super Bowl? No, I really don't. But the Browns are that good. I agree with you. They could be in every single game. Um, I, I like what they did in that game against the Bears. You know, I don't think the Bears have too much to hang their head on. I don't know who agrees with me here or who doesn't, but they lost to a better team, and they're, they barely lost to a better team, like a way better team. And their coach and their offensive coordinator were so bad. So bad. Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze might have had one of the worst games I've ever seen from a head coach and an offensive coordinator. I mean, that was just absolutely terrible. Not kicking the field goal when you have the best kicker in the NFL or one of the best kickers in the NFL, you're muted. Um, they never gave him the chance. It no, I know. Like, why? It, like, he's a good crazy. field goal kicker. Like, why are you going for a Hail Mary? And you know what? It, it, it's lack of consistency, too, because they don't trust Justin Fields. This coaching staff, he right. doesn't make. They don't. Uh, they don't try him making big plays throughout the year, and now all of a sudden you're going to trust him to make a hail mary throw with you know a fifty yard throw in the waning seconds of a half. No, kick the field goal. But if you miss, it's the end of the half. It doesn't matter. You have better yes. chances of kicking the field goal and making it. Like hail marys. Like I'd love to know the percentages on hail marys. It's got to be less than five percent. Absolutely. And the percentage of making like a 53-yard field goal is probably like 55, 60%, maybe more. Yeah, and what is it for Santos? Is it in the 70s? Right. So, like, come on. They're poorly coached, VP. This is what we get with the Bears. No, but I will say this. Over the last handful of weeks, I woke up on Sunday hoping the Bears win for the first time since week three. Truly. That's insane. Truly. I wanted them to win because they – Well, you wanted them to win out, right? Would have made the playoffs. I think if they would have won out, they would have made the playoffs. Well, they I, still needed help, I think. They, they did. They did, but all the help they needed was from those stinky AFC South teams to lose. They, we, I do think those teams are going to lose. I was looking at their schedules. I was like, the Bears have this very unique opportunity here to go from 5-8 and eight to 9-8 and because they beat the Lions, and they hung in there with the Browns, 
who are both significantly better than them. So you're telling me they wouldn't be able to beat the Falcons and the Packers in the final weeks of the season? Like, yeah, I absolutely think that was possible. And I'm kind of happy, though, because if they would have been 8-8 eight and eight going into that game against the Packers with a chance to make the playoffs on the line and lost to Green Bay in week eight, that would have really shivered me timbers. And that's probably um, what would have happened. Let's probably. Honest, right? No, probably. But I, I will come out of this year with an overall optimism because of I, I like the roster. It's getting better. They are getting better. There is no I, – I said earlier in the year they're worse than last year. I was wrong. I'm, I said I was out on Justin Fields. Because of the way the season's shaking out, I'm not sure if I want to be out on Justin Fields because if you pass on Caleb Williams and you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and you draft one of those big offensive linemen that are going to go in the top five this year with that other pick, you know that, that could be a really good team next year if Justin Fields is the quarterback. Right. And, you know, you look at the mock drafts. Okay, where's the kid from Penn State? Olu Feshanu. Olu Fashanu, however you say his name. I'm sorry I'm butchering his name. He's the offensive tackle from Penn State, and he's a he's a left tackle. If the Bears added him and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the same draft, I mean, that offense next year is awesome if they give Fields a good coach. Like, I wholeheartedly believe that. And their defense, ever since adding Montez Sweat, their defense has been unreal. He's been their best player on defense. They he's need been a little bit. So good. So good. He's the Worth first player right now to lead in two different franchises. He yes. leads the Commanders in sacks and the Bears. Yes, and he's and been with he, the Bears for, what, five games? And if he ends the season like that, he'll be the first player ever to do something like yes. that. Which I yes. don't know if that'll happen. I mean, it could. It very well could. I don't know who's left on the Commanders that's chasing him. Well, they but... got rid of Chase Young, who was right. probably second. Right. So, so it's probably looking good. We're going to have history on our hands. Yes. I love and, Sweat. Yeah, very good player. It wouldn't shock me if they spend a little more money on the back end of the defense next year because Eddie Jackson is going to be gone. They uh, they could use a cornerback. I'm sure they wouldn't mind picking up a safety. Um, there are going to be options available to them. Um, I think Ryan Poles has done a great job with the defense. They, they went from last year being probably the worst defense in the NFL. I think in the last eight weeks they've been a top ten defense. They really, really have. And you add Montez Sweat. Yeah, it sucks. Yannick Ngakwe is out for the year. But, like, why not bring him back next year? See what happens. You know, I don't know the exact free agent pool, but I'll tell you what. If you insert Marvin Harrison Jr. and Olu Fashanu from Penn State with your draft picks, you're going to have two top fivers this year probably. Uh, if the season ended today, that yeah, it would be one in five that they have. So you honestly don't think the Bears are going to draft the quarterback? No, not anymore. I still do. Well, then it's gonna be it's got to be Caleb Williams. Then we'll see. If they draft a quarterback and it's not Caleb Williams, I'll be annoyed. I won't. And I I know the question marks with Caleb Williams. I do. But if Caleb Williams goes to another team and is what everybody, all the scouts think he's gonna be, I will be so mad. And I'll be like, really. We let, because he cried to his mom after a bad loss, keep us from drafting him. Are you freaking kidding me? I don't know. I like that guy, Drew May or Drake May. Or Drake whatever. May's outstanding. I'm rooting for him to succeed, too. I hope he goes to the Patriots. And Drake May is a guy who likes to air the ball out. And that's what I want on the Bears. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know well, if I trust Caleb Williams. Well, if they – okay. 
if Drake May's there at five and you took Marvin Harrison Jr. with pick one, then yeah, go for it. There's no way he's there at five. Drake May? Yeah. Well, it depends. Because I do think uh, it depends. Right now it would go Bears, Patriots, Cardinals, Commanders, Bears, Giants. Yeah, Cardinals and Patriots are going to draft a quarterback, I think. Maybe. Unless they stick with Kyler Murray, which is possible. It is possible because of his contract. The Commanders, I think, would take a quarterback. Yeah. You're out on Sam Howell from one bad year? I don't know if I'm out on him. It's I just, just one year, though. I don't Rookie know if year. I'm in on him. Yeah. I mean, they gave, like, Fields a few years. We gave all these quarterbacks a few years. Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Sam Howell a lot. I think That's he's fair. capable of good things. I just – I'd hate to see them give up on him, man. That's fair. Now, where do you stand? It's been a hack in the NFL for the last handful of years to get build up your team – get a really good defense, surround him with weapons, and then you get a, co- a rookie contract quarterback. We've seen those types of teams go to the Super Bowl. You know, the Bengals with Burrow, the Chiefs with Mahomes. I know they, they paid Mahomes and they still made it because he's that good. Um, but, like, having a cheap quarterback has seemed to be a cheat code in the NFL lately. Hurts with the Eagles. Yeah. Like, you know, does that pay in? Do you give Justin Fields $40 million next year against the cap? I mean, that's really, really hard. It's I wouldn't. really hard. It's not a risk I'm willing to take. I gave him my chances. I gave him the benefit of the doubt this year. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. There's a time and place you have to put your foot in the sand and draw that line. I think the time's come. I think we move on. Honestly. Interesting. It's going to be a discussion all offseason. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, Frank, the Philadelphia Eagles been number one a couple times on each of our power rankings. Yeah. Um, been one of the best teams in the NFL for the last two or three years now. Yep. No team has repeated as NFC East champions since 2004. There's crazy? been a new winner every single year. And everybody who's everybody thought that the Philadelphia Eagles would buck that trend by winning it for the second year in a row. But all of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys are breathing down their neck. What do you make of the Eagles' struggles? At struggles, they're ten and three. I wish my team was ten struggling. And ten and three. Ten and four. But what are your thoughts? You know, just a month ago they were ten and one. Now they lost three in a row, sitting at ten and four. I got to be honest. I'm a little shocked to see the Eagles lose three in a row. They look like they were cruising the entire season, and then they just hit a roadblock where the look offense. Look at the <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Whether it's period two, we could start to show off at period one with football. And there'd be JP just football. <laughs> Unbelievable. He loves football. I I yeah. I mean, dude just messed up my train of thought right now. Um Eagles, yeah, yeah. Eagles, Eagles. Um and you know what? The, their game against the Seahawks, they've interestingly enough beaten the Eagles now eight consecutive times. Or maybe it's nine. It might be nine consecutive times, which isn't that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the Seahawks have beaten the Eagles, I think it's nine consecutive times now. I think it was eight going into the game. And like, all right, that, that trend's got to end, right? Because the Eagles are so much better than the Seahawks right now. But no, 
And the underdog, I thought this was kind of interesting too. The underdog on Monday Night Football has won seven straight games, which is just, that's crazy, man. That is crazy. What? It's just, I always say this, it's the underdog in primetime games just thrive. And it's true. Even if they lose, they Even like make they it lose, close. Like, you could be a 14-point underdog and you'll lose by three. Yep. Like, it's always close. They'll always cover. It's like you hate those big spreads when uh, on a primetime Thursday, Monday night game, or even Sunday night. It's crazy. And we know like all good teams go through losing streaks, no matter what sport it is. In fact, I think it's what makes you a better team as a whole to learn from the mistakes you've made that made you go on that losing streak in the first place. We saw this earlier in the season when the 49ers went on a three-game losing streak of their own. Is this the Eagles' time to turn it around, VP, after losing three in a row? They have a yeah. fairly easy schedule to close out the 2023 season. They got the Giants, Cardinals, and then the Giants again. Now, those division games could always get a little tough. You never know. But on paper, this is the best three teams you could ask for to gain a little momentum going into the postseason. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I I think they do end it. The 49ers lost three in a row. We thought they were cooked. They've won six straight since. And it made them a better team. <clears throat> I do Look think the that. Eagles, They're nobody here going to want to play the Eagles in the playoffs. Okay, go ahead. Good luck with that. Um, breaking news. Uh-oh. Taylor Swift makes homemade cinnamon buns for Travis Kelsey before every single game. I wonder the Chiefs have stunk. Frank. I mean, Kelsey has been dropping the ball. It's all that sugar pregame. Possibly. I mean, yeah, that the Chiefs are a whole nother story. But back to the Eagles. I think they will get it together by the end of the year. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. They might not have the number one seed anymore. In fact, they might have to go play a road game now if the Cowboys end up winning the division. Could you imagine? Yeah, it's possible. I don't think that would be the worst thing to if ever there's happen. there's a tie, who wins the division? Is it the Eagles? I think it depends on whoever's leading right now. Uh, let's take a look at the NFC East. But how does it go? Doesn't it go by division games? They have two division games left. Oh, they might. Um, the Cowboys currently are on top. But I don't know what the type. I think it's division. It the might boys be are 7-0 at home. That's Holy shit. shit. Oh, we'll get to them in a few minutes, VP. But also, I what, what's with this calling it the push sneak? Why? What, we can't call oh, it. Oh, I saw push. that too. We can't I saw that too. To, what are you afraid to say? Tush on TV, NFL. Yeah. yeah. Come on, grow a pair of balls. It's the tush push. None of this yeah. push sneak. At least call it the city of brotherly shove. Yeah, the that's sneak. better too. Yeah, I agree. But uh, come on, we I've heard it be tush. called. I've heard it be called the brotherly shove too. That's funny because it's I'll Philly. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll that's take because that. it's Philly. If they said it for but like the, Cincinnati, but that'd the be push dumb. sneak. It just yeah, sounds but, like a, a second grader came up with it. We're going to do the push sneak. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. I was so irate when I saw that. You have no idea. And then I heard Joe Buck say it. I'm like, all right, these guys are dorks. Come on. What's going on? Call it the tush push or the brotherly shove or fly eagles fly something other than push sneak. You want to so see, some, so you wanna see something really funny? Let's hear it. This is, I'm going to show you. So if you're listening on audio, you're going to have to go watch. You're going to have to go find it. The minute 15 or the hour 15 stamp on YouTube or whatever. This kid snuck a Yoda into his grandma's nativity scene. You see it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that gold? 
Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. Clever, this is. You probably didn't even notice. Hell no, Grandma's not noticing Yoda. He's sitting right there he making kind sure of baby fits in. Yeah, he does. He, he would. He would be a really good person to have mentoring Jesus Christ. There's no doubt. Um, Frank, I hope the Eagles figured out. I want to see them at their highest powers in the playoffs. Um, no one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills took down the. Dallas Cowboys, much to your happiness and delight before the season is over here. The Bills do have a chance to make the playoffs. They need help. It's getting um, scary, though. It is I'm getting scary. Like the, no, how much I'm starting to like the Bills. Oh, of course. I am, too. The problem is, did is, is it too little too late? If they went out, they're not guaranteed in. That's the problem. They need help. But get there. Get there. They, they are looking real good right now after this trouncing of the Dallas Cowboys. I know you got plenty to say. Yeah, it's scary, though, VP, how much I'm starting to like this team. Like, Josh Allen, I think, is my favorite player in the NFL. Like, hands down, it's not even close. Like, this team, man, I, I, I love the Bills. Um, End of the day, the Cowboys can't beat a good team on the road, VP. I've been trying to say this all year. Yeah, they have road wins. We talk about they could win on the road. They got road wins. All right, they won against the Giants. Congratulations. They blow. They won against the Chargers, who can't win no matter who's at quarterback. And then they beat the Carolina Panthers. Those are your three wins on the road. Congratulations. You beat three of the worst teams in the NFL. The good teams that they played on the road, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Bills, and they lost all three. They also have a road loss in there to to the Cardinals, who stink. I mean, they can't beat good teams on the road. They can only win at home. This spells big, big trouble. When it comes to the postseason, if they have to play a big game on the road, this is why I've been so hesitant on the Cowboys on my power rankings for the past five to six weeks. But I also have to give credit to the Bills. These are the moments that the Buffalo Bills thrive in. I do think the Bills will make the playoffs. Josh Allen and the offense is starting to click, and I'm seeing signs of that elite Buffalo Bills team again. If there's a QB that can get things going and turn things around, it is Josh Allen. I know he turns the ball over a lot, but if you did, if you know research about like history of quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks in the NFL, all the great quarterbacks have a lot of turnovers, like a handful of them. Brett Favre leads the NFL in interceptions thrown. Peyton Manning is a top 10 interception thrown quarterback. I mean, it's just if you are, throw the ball a lot, you play a lot of games, you start a lot of games, you're naturally just going to have a lot of interceptions. Plus, that could be worked on, obviously. Josh Allen didn't even turn the ball over versus the Cowboys this week, which was huge to their success. And they cooked. They rolled. Their defense looked elite. It was everything I could have asked for in a Buffalo Bills win. I mean, there was literally – they virtually played a perfect game. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And you know what? I saw Allen's comments after the game talking about, like, how his team picked him up in that game. Like, he didn't even have, like, this Josh Allen type of game. Um, credit to him because a lot of the times the bills would fold in a game like that. Um, they were very Josh Allen centric. Well, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over like a lot and the defense lives up to all the talent that they have there, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. I have no doubt of that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs if they come in as the six seed or the seven seed and they're playing against the two seed or the three seed. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're they're a scrappy team right now. They've dealt with their adversity, and we'll see what they're able to do. They got the Los Angeles Chargers this week. 
they should pull um, him out of the water. Have you been chopped yet? Yeah, this week. You got chopped? Yeah, this week. I I'm thought sorry. I was going to have a chance. I was like, I was down two points and I had AJ Brown. I'm like, okay, things could get wrong. And then literally, or things could get going. And then literally everything fell apart. He had Cooper Cup get like a 63 yard touchdown pass. And then he had the Buffalo Bills running back, Cook, who caught a couple touchdown passes from Allen. And I have Allen, but obviously, if Allen throws it to him, he gets more points because you don't get as many points for a throwing touchdown than you do receiving. I got chopped. It was sad. Top, I finished fourth three? place. Fourth. fourth. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a hard league to win. And ironically enough, I was like, I was okay with it. Like, I was like, I'm not going to be overly mad. I made it this far. I'm happy with what I did this year. There's always room for improvement. Absolutely. You'll get one. I had a bye in the first round in one of my leagues. And now I'm coming back this week needing a big week from Josh Allen. And the Chargers are the fourth best team for your quarterback to be playing against according to the how the season has gone so far. Yeah, so yeah, hopefully right, right, right. he's able to put up big points this week. Um, Frank, the Ravens are going to play the 49ers on Christmas. Oh, my God. What Isn't a game. Crazy? These are the only two teams in the NFL who are 11-3, and three, and they're facing yeah. off on Christmas Day. Yeah. Like we could have been granted a better gift, honestly. Thank you, Santa, because this is one of the best gifts we could have received, honestly. It I'm really so is forward to this game vp christmas night it's not yep. even really christmas day christmas night and i know a lot of people may think the 49ers game is gonna go in the 49ers way because they're home but don't count out the ravens at all i think the ravens are the better team in all honesty the way i look at it is you could argue both offenses are very similar and both defenses are very similar both i'm pretty sure have a top three defense in the league or definitely top five so the tiebreaker for me goes to the quarterback. Like Brock Purdy is great. He can help the 49ers win a Super Bowl. He could. But I would take Lamar Jackson over Purdy any day. So that's what has the edge for me. I think the Ravens smoke them. Well, we're in the minority, VP. They're dogs? Five and a half point favorites. I like the Ravens. Lamar is 15 and one in his career against the NFC. Yeah. I, I think I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. They were number one on my power ranking, and I said I would take them over anybody. This will basically decide. If if the 49ers blow out the Ravens, to me, they're the best team in the league. If they blow out the Ravens, I don't think they'll be anything other than number one on my power ranking. Um, the rest of the year. The rest of the year. I will say this. We're going to, after week 18, we'll give our last power ranking top 10. And then the following week, we will we will rank no we might do this after week 18 instead cuz the following week will just be the playoffs right away yeah um instead of ranking the top 10 we'll rank the playoff teams there's no break after week 18 it goes no, right to the playoffs, yeah right? so we'll instead of doing top 10 we'll rank the playoff teams okay uh so it'll be what it'll be the top 14 so i can't wait that'll be fun that will be fun um, and it'll, it'll make it a little harder, too, because there are going to be some teams that make miss the playoffs that are better than some of the ones that make it. So it'll be yep. an entirely different list. Um, so next week will be our last top 10. Very much looking forward to that. Frank, you getting excited for the college football playoff? I couldn't be more excited. Hopefully we could watch it again like we did last year. Like that was a lot of fun. 
That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil my picks right now, but I really believe this year is more wide open than it's ever been before. I think any of the four teams can take it all home. Me too. But there's two teams in particular I think they have the best chances of winning. <clears throat> Can't wait to hear it. We're going to be getting into our college football playoff predictions next week, so make sure you tune in. It'll be in the third period. So very much looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Frank, time to have a little holiday party in period number three. Christmas, snow's coming down, Christmas, on bar down, Christmas. Christmas. Frank, you like Christmas? I love Christmas. N- number, really one, number one holiday? 100%. Me too. 100%. Me too. It's just, I don't even know like why. What I do just, you mean why? I just don't even... I love giving. Honestly, it's not because of the gifts. I love giving to other people. And I love making them smile and seeing their reaction. Absolutely. Joey Parisi's pissed that we were talking about football in period two instead of period three. We got to talk about Christmas, bitch. What an idiot. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm at a loss for words. Absolutely. Frank, what's your favorite Christmas decoration? We have this polar bear. That has a Santa hat and a scarf you put around it, and we it, it comes with like bulb lights that you string around it. It's by far my favorite Christmas decoration I've ever owned. Wow! Like, by a mile, it's it's beautiful. That is like, beautiful. And, and well, like a, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew this, polar bear is my favorite animal. Um, so I'm a big polar bear guy. So it's just it's it's fuzzy and soft, and I I love it. I mean, it's seen better days. It's old. The box is kind of ripped, but it's a beautiful decoration. That's outstanding. Also, That's though, Ooh. something newer is G bought me a little Christmas present this year that she had to give to me early so I can enjoy it. It's a Blackhawks Christmas tree. Oh, cool. It, it's glass and it lights up. It's uh, it's beautiful. I love that, too. So that also is up there because I've never had one of those and I've never seen one of those. And it's got like a little Santa hat on top of the Christmas tree and it's all glass. And it lights up the bulb. It's really cool. That is really cool. Um, all right, I'm going to give an honorable mention to that because you made me think of something. We bought these little like glass things, and they have like glitter on the inside and then a light. And you turn it on, and it's almost like a snow globe inside of it. One is shaped as a I Christmas tree. One is shaped as a, a snowman. And yeah, that's an honorable mention too. Those are freaking sweet. So, well, we got a picture of the Blackhawks tree. Oh hell yeah, that is cool. Isn't that cool? I love that. Give me a yay on the size of it. Uh, oh, so it's it's decent size. Okay. It's, it's Yeah, it's probably a little taller than the top of my hat, maybe. Okay. And a That's little, cool. Maybe this, maybe this Hell one. yeah. That's awesome. Can't wait to it's see it. It's not like a full-size tree, but it's no. not a little mini that you put on the mantle. No, I mean, yeah. on the mantle, but it's pretty big. It's pr- it's, so, it's probably about the size of the thing I mentioned. Yeah, probably. Uh, my favorite overall Christmas decoration, though, is the family tree. It, it could be anyone's family tree because you learn a lot about people by their family tree, like just the way they do it. Some people like the, the colored lights. Some people like the white lights, um, you know, different family ornaments that they've collected over the years with family pictures and certain interests that people have, you know. 
whether you're or not your tree has a white socks ornament or a cubs ornament um they're ornaments that have interesting different meanings um we had a family fight over an ornament one time Did you that's really? on our family tree yeah oh don't talk to the mano family about the grover ornament I mean, we're talking like people getting legitimately pissed off because we did an ornament exchange. What's a Grover? And Grover, like person? from Sesame Street. Grover. Oh, Grover. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, the blue fucker. Um, <laughs> that was a family issue. Um, you know, the people that deserve, felt they deserved the Grover after the the game ended weren't the people that had him. It was just a whole ass mess. Um. But yeah, that's my favorite thing. Uh, I have a Patrick Kane ornament on the family tree, which is really, really cool. Um, I kind of want to make, when I get my um, my own mini tree, I think, I want a hockey one. I really do, with different hockey ornaments and different Eddie, players. What if you I had know, a tree with 32 ornaments for the 32 different teams? Yeah, see, now something like that would be really cool. I know every year. I might do that. Our friend Bucci retweets people who have hockey themed mini trees around their house, even like normal size trees. Yeah, I've always wanted to do. I one might of those. make that a goal. Yeah, that would be really cool if you had like the team's best player in ornament form. Like if your tree had a Jack Hughes, a Connor Bedard, uh, a Panarin, a freaking whatever, Dylan Larkin. Um, Just a tree hockey. representing all thirty-two teams. That would be, be cool. really cool. Um, so yeah, what's your favorite holiday movie? there frank this is a landslide i mean people who are close to me know this um it's the polar express by far like not even close that i movie, haven't watched it yet this season that movie gets me every time like i, I lose it every time i watch it because the concept and the meaning behind christmas in the movie is exceptional and if you've never seen it obviously the movie's surrounded about believing in christmas it's just a great story a great ending and i'll have to admit I haven't watched the most Christmas movies throughout my life. There's a lot of good ones I'm missing. Um, but from the ones I've seen, it's definitely the Polar Express. But I know that there are some great Christmas movies ever out there that everybody loves. That if I seen it, it would be on my Mount Rushmore, I'm sure. But yeah, for right now, that's what it is. That's what I got for you, VP. I need to watch the Polar Express before Monday. That's one of my okay. goals. I need to watch You've it before seen it, Monday. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I will, I, my goal is to watch it before Monday. I don't want to let, cause it's been a couple Christmas since I watched it. Just like it's been a couple Christmas since I've watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Funny as hell. Watched it a couple nights ago. Loved it. Loved it. So funny. It made me kind of depressed when I looked up the movie after and like every actor in it is old as shit now. Yeah. Like freaking um, passed away. Some of them too. Chev Chevy Chase is 80 years old. It's crazy. Like what? Um, Skokes brings up Fred Claus. I've seen that. That Fred Claus and Bad Santa. I've never seen either of them, and apparently they're both just. I've never hilarious. seen Fred Claus. Have you seen Bad Santa? I don't think so. It's older now. I think it came out around like when we were in middle school or elementary. Yeah, I don't school. think so. I could have. I've never I've seen, seen the either. Polar Express twice this year. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna watch. I need. I will. By the time you see me, I will freaking have had watch Polar Express. Good. Um. Have you seen the Santa Claus? Of course. That's my number one. Tim I actually Allen. like the Santa Claus 3 with Jack Frost. Really? Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people like it, but that might be my favorite one. At least it was uh, when I was a kid. I'd have to rewatch them all. I 
haven't I watched one and two this holiday season. I haven't gotten around to three yet. I actually the last two I really want to get done are that. I mean, I'm, there are probably more that I'm forgetting too. I haven't watched It's a Wonderful Life yet either. I don't know if I'm going to get around to that before Christmas, but um, definitely Polar Express and Santa Claus Three. I want to get knocked out too. Um, I'm one episode behind of Big Brother Reindeer Games, by the way. One, I oh, need to catch up. The finale's tomorrow. Oh no! Is it really? Yeah. Oh, brother. It was only a six-episode special. Yeah, well, I'll be caught up because I will watch it. Um, but yeah, Santa Claus 1. I think I like all three. I'm not you, – if three is your favorite, fine. As long – They made a TV show too. Yeah. TV I haven't show. watched it. Did eh. you watch it? Yeah. Eh. It's fine. But Santa Claus 1 is my true favorite. Um, Frank, what's the best hockey gift you can give this or receive? Tough. It was tough. This was tough because I had to think of like hockey gifts I've had. Because then I'm like, did I get that for my birthday or did I get it for Christmas? So I'll name a couple, <laughs> to be honest with you. I remember getting a Blackhawks Winter Classic jersey. Love that. I got my Vegas Golden Knights jersey for Christmas. Love that. We got Blackhawks tickets uh, many years ago. That um, it was given to us, I think, by my brother and sister. And it was like me, my brother, my sister, my dad, and Brian. We all went to the Hawks game. But it was really special because, like, my dad got emotional because he never – the last time he was at a Hawks game before that was at the Chicago Stadium. He'd never been to the United Center, and he's always wanted to go. So it was a cool moment seeing my dad so emotional and, like, when he opened it and it was something we all were given as a gift. Blackhawks ticket to that game it was against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that, that that those three that I named are probably three of my favorite hockey gifts. Absolutely, you took it and made it personal, which I like. I was I I could think of a couple personal examples, um, but I was going to say either tickets to the game or a jersey, <laughs> which is yeah. really funny. Um, it could be any game against any team, any level. You know, take me to see some college hockey. Take me to see an NHL game, the AHL. Yep. Um, love it all. I, I just love going. Being around the rink is my favorite. Um, but yeah, getting a hockey jersey too. My my Zach Parisi Devils jersey, the first ever sweater I ever owned, was a Christmas present. So really? he, and it, it, it was number nine on the Devils. It has an A. So it was before he even became the captain of the Devils and eventually cool. left. Um, very old jersey now. The jersey's well over ten years old. You still got it. Oh yeah. It's the only jersey I have wrapped in like a uh, plastic. Oh really? Yeah. Did you do that or did it come like that? No, I did that. Uh, I'm gonna bust it out one of these days though. I haven't I've hardly worn it because of how nice I've wanted to keep it. Yeah, when the right. devils when the devils were in the final in twenty twelve, I wore it a bunch. And then outside of that, it's white. So oh, it's a it's road hurting. jersey. Yeah, but it's the road jersey. It's cool. Um, but yeah. I like the white jerseys. Um, Frank, what's your favorite Christmas cookie? I think I mentioned this last year, but it's the pinwheel cookies that we never get anymore because I can never find them, and it's bullshit. Find me pinwheels. Bring me pinwheels. Pinwheel cookies me. or Christmas cookies? I've only ever ate them around Christmas time. I mean, With I the pink edge? Yeah, it's like I don't have them in the middle of summer. and I've Those never are gone them. because Maurice Linnell doesn't make them anymore. I Maurice think we went over this last year. They don't exist year. anymore. I, well, then that's bullshit. That's my favorite Christmas cookie. I think Aldo said that last year. 
right? They went out of business or something. Yeah, just have Joey Parisi make them for you. He made them homemade one time, and they were awesome. I remember that. He used pink and green. Other than that, I don't have one that sticks out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the butter, the peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss on top. That's a Christmas cookie, though? Again, maybe like with you with the pinwheels, I've only had them around Christmas time. I can't recall anybody ever showing up to like the summer bash with those cookies. Well, you we know, need to change that. I mean, I, I would eat them in freaking August, July, December, October. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's true for a lot of these. Like, again, I wouldn't hate a chocolate, just a good chocolate chip cookie around Christmas. Why is the Hershey's always just the plain Hershey's, though? Why don't we experiment? Do like a caramel Hershey's? Ooh. Or a peppermint Hershey's. See, or... nah, I'm not a big mint guy. Or But just... I get I get it though. Yeah. If you like mint. Uh former co-host of the show, Joey Parisi, made red velvet ones of those before. They were like the red the velvet cookie was red velvet? It was a red velvet peanut butter cookie. And that's not good. Yeah, it was freaking awesome, actually. They were incredible. Um, Frank, more Christmas conversation? Got anything else? I'm very excited about Christmas. I am every year. Me too. Uh, trying to think anything off the top of my head. Did you go see any Christmas lights? Because that was going to be my thing I brought up. I have not. But tell me I, about it. I love Christmas lights. We went out to look at them five times so far. We probably will do it one more time is my guess. But yeah, we this village of Schomburg on their page has this route. Like you click on the link and it brings you to Google Maps and it just brings you on this route. And it's like the seven or eight houses that entered the competition yeah. and you go see them. Um, did that. Um, oh. And then went went done. went to this rich neighborhood by Rosemont and saw all the lights in that neighborhood too. Really, really, really cool. Loved it. Loved yeah, going to see cool. I like lights. seeing Christmas lights. Um. I haven't made a gingerbread house this year, but I saw you guys did. Yes. And I was pissed because after it was like the voting was over when I saw it, I didn't even get the chance to vote. Well, did you look? Yeah, but it was after eight o'clock. It was like the next day. Did you see who won? No. I want to know. Well, which of the three did you like? I would have voted for three. You would have voted for three. Yeah. You would have been one of the people who voted for the winning gingerbread house. And that gingerbread house was made by Vinny and Katie. Yeah, I would have voted for three. So my vote didn't matter. No, and honestly, I'm not trying to be mean, but I seriously wonder the people that voted for number two <laughs> if they have eyeballs. <laughs> Your mom voted for two. All three were great. <clears throat> no, the second one stunk. If you look All at the three, three pictures, great. if you look at the three pictures, and decided that you were going to vote for number two, you're a weirdo. Like, our cousin Gina commented on it, saying, I'm voting for number two because I feel bad for them. And then there were some people that seriously voted for two. I just wonder if their eyeballs worked. What was the final total count? Do you know? I don't know. I have no idea. Two was got it a landslide? Uh, by the end, I think so. But one was good. It was a good. It was Joey and Sarah. They had a good one. But number two. Was just straight. Is that Lisa and Mike? Yeah, just straight trash. Like again, I don't think the people who look like voted have eyeballs. It wasn't. It was all right. Frank, 
the gumdrops off to the side were like looked like they were falling off. And then on the other side, it was like they were nice. But then on the right side, they were like dangling. I was like, what is going on? Well, you look at it, though. I mean, you look at that and you tell me that's pretty. But is a gingerbread house supposed to be picture perfect? It adds yeah. more to it if it's, like, falling apart. Well, I go do... back and vote for that one, then. No, I, I told you I would vote for three. I do have to admit, though, I do like the snowman with the hat by the front door. On number one? On two. Oh, on two? I assume that's what that's supposed to be. Yeah. Are those Tootsie Rolls is the, the ceiling? Yes. Everybody's the... great. The roof, the roof on that one's decent. It, it's the gumdrops for me, looking like a two-year-old put them on. That 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 was that for me. But it was fun, you know. Everybody did a good a, job. I haven't made a gingerbread house this year. Kind of well, sad about it. But better get on that. You know what I want to do next year? Something I've never done in my life. What's for that? Halloween? I want to make a Halloween gingerbread house. Ooh! They sell, them. they sell them, and I've never done it. I'm in. We yeah. will do that. I really want to do it. What do you think about a fantasy hockey party for the All-Star game? I think it's overdue. That's a very real possibility being thrown around right now, so we'll see. Um, Frank, I think it's time we get to America's favorite podcast segment of the week. (laughs) Breaking Bets. You think, you think Jesse Pinkman gets into the holiday spirit? 100%. I can't believe you haven't watched Breaking Bad yet. You're such a clown. Listen, I've watched more shows that you've recommended for me to watch, more than you've watched that I've recommended. Oh, yeah? Like what? I well, You haven't watched Stranger Things? I'll watch Stranger Things. Yeah, you've said probably it for end, how many years. I'd probably end up finishing it before JP. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? That bet we had in Door County, he said he would finish Stranger Things. I, hand up. And I finished Frank, Frank, of Thrones fu- and House of Dragons. He had, I, I haven't even finished House of Dragons. Um, he had a five season lead on you. I mean, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? And I'm sorry. Laughed. Everybody doubted me. Yep. yep. And I was wrong. Yep. No, nope, I was wrong. That's now, the way it is. Now, Frank, in all honesty, in all honesty, knowing that you had a five-season deficit and it's a shorter show, is it more you you and your triumph or Joey and his choking? I had in, in this situation. I had a feeling he would choke near the end. Where okay. in my eyes. Okay. Where in my eyes, I was never cho- I was in it no matter what. We were grinding. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to be able to stay consistent on this, so I know I'm going to win. Okay, and I get that. But, like, every year when the Super Bowl happens, it's like, did the Chiefs more or less win or did the Eagles more or less choke? I think the Eagles are the – Listen, I'm taking my credit. The Chiefs more or less won. I'm taking my credit. Joey choked more than you triumphed. He should not have lost. He should not have lost that. It it was a bad choke. Do you agree? You wouldn't have lost that. 
Oh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have blown a five season lead. You're right there. You have. You're like. What are you doing? You could throw it on in the background while working and be done in a it was day. Actually, it wasn't a five season lead because there's not five seasons of. There's only four, and I think he finished three. It was a three season lead. But I'm saying like a five season lead. But we were only on season one of Thrones. But because there's a three-season difference, it's technically a five-season oh, lead, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. And are the episodes of Stranger Things as long as the episodes of Thrones? Some of them. Some of them are, do. are they as mind-numbing? No, but some of Game, them are. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, you have a lot to pay attention to. You yes. do need to do that in Stranger Things, especially as in the later seasons. Okay. I just I remember know. when Game of Thrones, when I was watching it, phone could not have been farther from me i don't i don't do that for every show every like i like to you know keep up in the sports world and whatnot game of thrones when it was fresh gone by phone see ya the finale of stranger things of season four is two and a half hours it's like a movie oh, wow yeah it's like a movie. Kind of, that's a complete movie yeah that's that's a that's a higher end length movie technically yeah. two two hours and 40 minutes yeah what is Infinity War like? Two two hours and thirty minutes, and then Endgame is like three yeah. is three hours, so it's only twenty minutes longer. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. I'll get around to it. You need to watch Breaking Bad, though. I will. Stranger Things out for what? Four years. Breaking Bad like fifteen. I mean, come on. I hear you, VP. I hear you. We'll see. Uh, I'll get to it. I, I think I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. I think I'll love it. It's not it's not science fiction or anything like that. It's a it's I have a, no reason not to drama. Like it. That's that's fair. That's very fair. And then you can watch Better Call Saul after, which is a prequel. Absolutely. Very, it's very like good. what I did with Game of Thrones. I watched Game of Thrones and I watched House of Dragons. I haven't watched House of Dragons. Get your shit together, VP. You know what? After the holiday, I'm gonna really like put down a list of the shows I need to you catch up on. You probably haven't even watched Survivor. Dude bailed. I've watched a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah I haven't been the finale that good. tonight, brother. Fuck. And it was one of my favorites. It's up there as a top season. Damn. Well, now I feel like a piece of shit. Thanks. Well, everything I tell VP to watch just wind over the head. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. One, you didn't even one, finish reindeer games. One day. Oh no, I will finish reindeer games. Um, one. One day I will be like good with my shows. One day I will be. Um, just like one day you'll be good at making your bets on a consistent basis. Frank, last week was weird. Last week was weird because you couldn't even get the graphic up. But no, go ahead. We got a poor, poor graphic, VP. We will cool. have a better 2024. That's a piss poor graphic, Frank. VP jinx me, guys. You're not getting under 50%. Everything was just downhill from there. Sorry for being positive. But I did hit my biggest play of the week last week at four What's units. That? Ooh. It was uh Oh, because you picked the Devils to lose to the Bruins. But that was just the small. That was like I'm two. I'm happy units, you lost one that. Unit. Whatever. That was small, but I won the uh Raiders blowing out the Chargers. I tried to tell you. That was a four unit for the Raiders to beat the Chargers. That was the easiest pick of the week. They <laughs> they like sixty three to twenty. That was a scoregami too. Did you know that? Yes, it was a scoregami. Yep. It was a historic route, and so like if you tailed that pick, congratulations, that was my biggest pick. But yeah, it's been it's been really, we really pulled it together in the NFL this year. I was one and three to start the year. We got that above fifty percent, which is good. 
NHL is just right under 500, but I, to me, that's good because NHL to me is one of the hardest sports to make predictions on. Um, everything else is is fine. Uh, MLB, every, yeah, I mean everything is almost 50-50, But anyway, BP, three picks, three juicy picks. Do you like juice? Apple juice. Not orange juice? If it's a mimosa. Well, I'm going to serve you a mimosa. So here we go, VP. Thursday night football to kick kick off week 16. To kick kick off week week 16. We got the New Orleans Saints versus the Los Angeles Rams. And how about we give a round of applause to the Los Angeles Rams and how good they've been lately. I really like this play a lot. I'm going to take the Rams minus three and a half points. The Saints, to me, they're a bit overrated, VP. They've had two back-to-back blowout wins that came against the Giants and Panthers, so you really can't even celebrate that. The Rams, on the other hand, have been one of the hottest teams in the league over the past month and a half. They've won four of their last five games, and their only loss came against the Ravens in OT on a punt return for a touchdown, a game they almost won. I think the Rams at home are going to be way too tough for the overrated Saints. This is a big game for both teams and should be a lot of fun to watch for a Thursday night football game. Taking the Rams minus three and a half at minus 120. Bet to win four units. My second pick will also have to be for football. And I'm going to give you a Christmas Day gift for everybody watching. We have the Baltimore Ravens. And the San Francisco 49ers could be one of the best games of the 2023 season by far. We'll see. Baltimore Ravens are getting five and a half points. To me, that's absurd. I don't understand it, to be honest with you. I like the Ravens plus five and a half at minus 119. I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. I said that. And this game will decide just that. I think five and a half points is way too much for the Ravens. Even if they don't pull out this win, I think they'll be able to score at least 20 points in the game. And the 49ers struggle when the opposing team scores 20 or more points. It's going to be hard for this 49ers defense to contain such a dynamic Ravens offense. I cannot wait for this game. And honestly, I think the Ravens can win outright, so I'll gladly take the five and a half points here at minus 119. Also bet to win four units. Which brings me to my final pick, which is an NHL pick. As per usual, on a Wednesday, there are not many games to choose from, but we find something. It's the New York Islanders at the Washington Capitals. I like the Capitals to win this game. The Capitals' money line's minus 122. Bet to win two units. It's a smaller pick, but I wanted to give something for hockey. This will be the third meeting between these two teams this year, with the road team taking home the victory in each meeting, interestingly. Uh, I think that the trend ends here, though. I like the way Capitals on home ice this year. The Islanders have been a little shaky as of late on the road. The Islanders lost most recently on the road to Montreal, which credit to Montreal, they played a lot better recently. But the Capitals have been showing more sign of life, in my opinion. Ovechkin's still stuck at five goals, VP, which isn't surprising to me. I kind of told you to have five goals by Christmas. Again, you laughed at me. You but said Cap- four. Well, whatever. Congratulations. Give him six by Christmas. I hope he scores tonight. But the Capitals should be able to get this done on home ice. Ovechkin stinks, but go Capitals tonight. He's going to play till he's 50 to break the record. He needs 60-something more goals. Those are my picks. Um, Yeah, I mean, 
there are a lot of people like down on that. I'm like, he's got five goals. He could score 20 easily. And I said 38, 20, 39, 20, 40, 20, 41, 20 record broken. He's uh he's in the longest drought of his career, scoring drought of his career. <clears throat> yeah. And have you seen his like metrics? No. Everyone believes in the analytic community. I'm not fully blown analytic. I think there's feel to a game. I think there's a lot of things that go into it. But I do like the analytics as a tool. Um, Ovechkin's pumping out eight shots a game. Like he's getting in high danger scoring areas, and his finish is at one percent. So like, if even if he gets his finish up five percent, he gets his goals back to like a fairly um, you know credible amount for being thirty eight years old and. He's going to do it till he does it, I think. Now watch, he'll um, score tonight. Watch, because I made the comment. I mean, we'll see. It, he kind of looks disinterested this year. I don't know what it is. Him and Kuznetsov, man, they just don't seem – and the Capitals are good. Like, they're not bad at all. So, we'll see what happens this year. Um, I am still leaning like he gets over 20 this year, 20, 25 goals, and then he's 40-something away. You know, I'm out on him getting like 40 or 50, but I mean, an analytic nerd would say he still gets pretty high this year. I'm like, I don't know if I see, like, I don't know if I see that, but I mean, he's 38, so we'll, we'll see. see. 67 more goals is the goal for him. We'll see if he's able to do it. Frankie said no a long time ago. Um, it doesn't seem as blasphemous right now as it did back then, but I mean. It could go either way. It could go either way. Now, do I think he's going to blow past it like I used to? No. Because uh, I used to, like, if he got 40 this year, then we could be talking about the record. Fuck the record. Score 900 goals. Get to 950. This year. Yeah, this year. But, like, if he got to 40 this year, like, if he were on pace right now, if he had 17 goals right now and was on pace for 40 goals, and I was like, no, 17's, 17's pushing He's over like 50. on pace for like 14 goals this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he were to have like 40 goals this year and ended this year needing like 30 more to break it, I'd be like, breaking it. Screw breaking it. Go score 1,000 goals. Like, you know, you could get 110 more than the record if you're still scoring that high at 38 years old. It's come down big time this year. So does he end his career with 895? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't get there at all. I might look like the smartest man in the world if he doesn't break it. Yeah. Or I might look I, like the dumbest human if he does but break it. My logic was always the same. He's going to play till he does. Like, he'll pull a Yager. You know, that, that was always my trade him. I do think there comes a point where it's like, okay, we got this Nobody's good, untradeable, right? Like, yeah, we, we got this good team, and he's not a reason why. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Alex Ovechkin would have five goals on December 20th and the Capitals have the fourth highest winning percentage in the Metropolitan Division, I would have said, what the hell are you smoking? You know, they're relying on some other studs on their team, like Connor McMichael's having a pretty good year. Like the Capitals are not the same old Capitals. Hopefully Ovechkin could start scoring some goals, though. Oh, and their power play so bad. And that's a big reason for Ovechkin's drop-off in goals, too, because that's something that I don't see aging, and I still don't see it aging, because even if Ovechkin becomes the exception to the rule, 
your shot is normally something that stays with you. It's your speed and your agility and your, you know, being one step ahead. That's what goes with age. Yager could probably still score a goal using his shot, right? But, like, I don't know. I also hate Dylan Strom as his center. Hate it. It's just not a good match. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know if he stays with the Capitals forever. It'd be hard to trade him at eight mil a year, though, when he's playing like he is right now, though. That's his contract up. He's got two more years. I'll take a pay decrease. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. If he doesn't retire. Right. We'll see. Um, Should be fun to watch, though. Frank, good show. Good Christmas show. It was a good show. A lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody in the chat. I hope everybody has a safe, happy time. Um, Spend time with your family, your friends, your loved ones, whoever it is that makes you the most happy at this holiday season. Um, Eat the food that makes you happy. Um, Watch the sports that make you happy. Watch the movies that make you happy. Listen to the music that makes you happy. It's about being happy. Um, And I'll tell you what, I'm very happy. And Frank, I'm happy to be doing this sports show with you. Um, Anything else you want to say before we head on out for the holiday break? The next time we are on this show, we'll be talking about New Year's. And this year has been, you know, it's this year went came to an end quick, in all honesty. It really did. did. Just earlier in the year, we were talking about our 100th episode. And what episode is this now? 141. We've almost gone through a whole year since that episode. And that feels like just yesterday. So uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody watching. And we'll catch you all next time. It does. I'm happy to recap the year that was with you on our next show. Christmas will be in the books by our next show. We'll be in the middle of the World Juniors, though. And I am very, very excited for that. Um, Good luck to everybody's NHL team. Um, the next time we talk, uh, the NHL will be just coming out of the holiday break. The freeze already happened. Your favorite players can't be traded or put on waivers um, until the day after Christmas, I think it is, or two days after yep. Christmas, something like that. Um, there were no trades right up at the freeze, which normally there's always at least one trade ahead yeah. of the freeze, but there was not this year. Um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I hope everybody enjoys the last the last couple days of hockey before the holiday break. And, of course, enjoy watching that football To everybody watching, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We will see you next Wednesday at 2 p.m. As always, thank you for listening.